there's no way. Even they told me, there's no way. They said, it just ain't happening. Well, that's, that's what they said. They're not the boss of me. <laughs> well, okay, I'll give you one of them. I told the adult leaders already. Okay, let me just give you one, okay? Now, I'll tell you, this is how bad they are. But anyway, what do you get if you sit under a cow? A pat on the head. That was one of them. There you go. See, see what I mean? I, I, they told me today. Oh, does one of you singles remember one of the other ones? They're so... Oh, oh, yep. Oh, tell them what? I don't have them here. I forgot them all, brother. I really don't commit those to memory. <laughs> I have better things to commit to memory than that. Yes. Oh, that's... They, they all know those. What, what do you call a cow with two legs? Lean beef. Any cow with no legs? Ground beef. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. That was Delilah's. Delilah gave me those, okay. So blame her if you didn't like those. Because I, I personally was offended by those. But anyway, Matthew chapter 25. Would you? Matthew 25, verse 14. All right. But don't start this live broadcast stuff till we get to the message, would you? Okay. All right, no, no, I'm joking. But anyway, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. <clears throat> All right. Again, we're continuing with our message from last week, a message entitled, Well Done. It says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, we simply read, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling unto a far country who called his own servants and delivered them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to the other two, uh, excuse me, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. And then he that had received the five talents, went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which hath received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strolled. And I was afraid, and went and hid my talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strolled. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then in my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. Now, 
We're going to stop there because I want to focus my attention on just a couple of things in the passage. Number one, we mentioned and talked about and noted the man. In verse 14, we saw that the man there in the first portion, the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. We said the man there that was traveling to a far country entrusted his servants with his kingdom or with the kingdom. And of course we picture, we said that pictures our Lord returning to heaven after he'd been crucified, after he had spent time here on earth, he ultimately goes back and ascends back to heaven and he entrusts the kingdom, his kingdom, into the care of his servants as well. We noted not only the man, but the ministry. We said that these servants are made stewards of the master's goods. Their mission, their ministry, is to simply care for, the in, uh, care for and invest uh, the property and the things of the master. And so we noted that in, in that same passage. And finally, we said, what's the message? What do we learn from the passage? Well, we found that those who are faithful with what the master has entrusted them with will hear the words, well done, one day. And then ultimately, they'll be given greater responsibility and an opportunity to serve the Lord in the future in even a bigger way. Those, however, that were neglectful, those that were fearful, those that the Bible calls lazy, those that did nothing with that which was given by them from their Lord will be reprimanded and ultimately sorry in the end. That's what we see here. And so we find a picture now of not just a... Uh, Old Testament story, not just something that the Lord shared for the purpose of trying to help the people in His day, but He shared it for our good. The Lord Jesus Christ has gone back to glory. He is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And now today, you and I have been left here on this earth with a purpose and a plan. We've been given some responsibility, and as a result, we want to hear well done too, I believe. And so, last week, we said the first thing that we must do if we're going to here, well done, is we must start right. We have to start right. And we said that starting right began at the foot of the cross. That if we're going to start right, we have to begin with Jesus Christ at Calvary. That we must first come to a saving knowledge of the Lord. That we must put our faith and trust in Him alone. Not in our ability, not in our efforts, not in our skill set, not in our schooling, not in our material gain or goods but solely, completely, 100%, without compromise, our 100% faith in Jesus Christ alone. His finished work, not ours. Not what we can do, but what Christ has already done. That is the real secret to success in the Christian life because it begins our journey by salvation and it continues us to be humble and sacrificial on behalf of Christ. When we understand that truth, it's not what we do, it's what He's already done. And so as a result of that, we come to Christ. That's the first thing that we must do if we're ever going to hear well done from the Lord Himself, from the God of heaven, from the creator of the universe. We must first and foremost start right. And that starting begins with Christ Himself at Calvary receiving and accepting the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior. Now we move ahead today. Now we continue with our study and we look into the next two things that we need in order to hear, well done. And before we do, let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to be here today, to gather in this place with the express purpose of honoring you. Lord, we know that we're going to receive from you today. 
But our goal really is to honor you in how we receive it and the willingness that we have to apply it to our life. Lord, may everything that's been said and done already and what will be done go to glorifying you because you're so worthy of it. Now, Father, we thank you for heaven. We thank you for hope. We thank you, Father, for just the fact that we can be your children today. But, Lord, we want to hear well done. So, Lord, help us, Father, to glean and to grow from your word today that we may do just that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, we said we have to start right. But, number two, if we're going to hear those words, well done, then we also must run well. We have to start right, but we have to run well. In our particular passage, the Bible says that the master, quote, delivered unto them his goods. He delivered unto them his goods. It's as though the master prior to leaving, it's as though Christ before he went off to glory, before he ascended up to heaven, he literally, he literally handed off the responsibility, handed off the job uh, that he himself had been doing. He, as the Bible teaches here in principle, delivered unto them his goods. Everything that was valuable to the Lord here on earth was then transferred, handed to, given to those that were now still on earth. You and I today, as children of God, those that have received and accepted Him as Savior and Lord, have received, by the hand of the Master, His goods. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that we are stewards of that which is the Lord's. And as a steward, the Bible teaches us, it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's the requirement of a steward. Someone that has received the goods of his master. Someone that is to to invest. Someone that is to prosper those things that were left in their possession. It's as though I, maybe as a, uh, if I went on a long vacation, well, a long journey. I I wouldn't probably go too long a vacation. But if I went on a a long journey, say I was going to be three months, and I said to my son, son, I'm leaving for three months. I entrust the care of this household and its contents and everyone in it to your care. That would mean that he was responsible to take care of the finances, take care of the running of the home, ensure that everyone was safe, fed, clothed, and sheltered. He would now have possession of my possessions. He would be the steward of my possessions, caring for that which was mine in my absence. And that's exactly what we are. We are caring for what is Christ in his absence. He is now in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. We are still on earth caring for that which is his. We read in 1 Corinthians, turn there if you would please, 1 Corinthians 9. Again, we're talking about hearing well done. When we begin, we, we have to be, we have to, as it said here earlier, as we mentioned, we, we must ensure that we start right. But then we have to run well. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we get a picture of this run, this race. Notice what the apostle says here, the apostle Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. 
Again, he's making reference to the, the uh, Olympic Games. And saying though they prepare, they run their race, they, they go full out to win the crown. Now their crown is not, it, it's a corruptible crown. It's going to ultimately rust away. It's just made of metal. Whether precious or not, it will ultimately fade away. But ours is not a, a crown that's corruptible. It's an uncorruptible crown, incorruptible. It's not going to fade away. It's going to continue and last throughout eternity. He goes on to say, I therefore, verse 26, so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth here, of course. you got to understand that the church at Corinth was a very wicked church. Vile, very wretched. They had been come out of a, uh, the, the, the Christians had come out of a very licentious lifestyle. Very immoral, very improper, very wicked, sinful lifestyle. And so they're struggling with living the Christian life. They're struggling with running well. Many of them have now started right because they've received and accepted Christ, but they were really having a hard time running well. They were bound and they were, they were being held back by their past. They found themselves struggling to let go of their sinful past. And they were buying into and they were including in their life different types of activities and certain types of things that did not belong in the Christian life. And Paul's saying, now listen, you're in a race now. You are in a race as a child of God. Notice that race in verse 24. He says, don't you realize that they which run in a race run all, but only one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain. Don't you Corinthians understand that you are now in a race as far as that is concerned? Picture yourself beginning strong, but realize you have to now run well. Even as if you were in those Olympic Games and you want to get to the finish line first, you can't let anything distract you. You can't allow anything to sidetrack you. You can't let anything cause you to miss out on the race. And he's saying, now listen, you are now in a race as a believer, as a child of God. So run that ye may obtain. So run that ye may receive the crown that I have for you. In heaven the Lord Jesus is speaking. Now, the reward. Verse 25. And everyone that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. They do it an incorruptible, we, a, a corruptible crown, we an incorruptible. Isn't that wonderful again? Ours is an eternal reward. Ours is a permanent reward. Ours is a future reward even in that sense. Oh yeah, we're rewarded in this life when we live for Christ. There is no better life than the Christian life, folks. I mean, I tell you, uh, uh, you know, somebody says, oh, you just don't understand. Oh, that's right. I don't understand what alcohol does to a family. I don't understand what drugs have done to our culture and our society. I don't understand what immorality has done to wreck and ruin life after life after life after life. Let me tell you, the Christian life is the best life you can ever live. And if you are tempted to live any other life as a believer, you are being duped, you are being hoodwinked, you are being fooled, you are being deceived, you are being lied to by Satan. Because there is no better life than the Christian life. We see the race, we see the reward, a future reward even. One not only in this life, but in the next. And then we see the response of the apostle. I love this. Verse 26, he says, I therefore so run. By the way, nobody can answer for you. You've got to answer for yourself. It's your decision today. You know, I, I deal with the singles on Sunday morning, and like I told them this morning, you guys can live your life however you choose. You're adults. 
Do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I don't care what mom and dad say. doesn't matter what the preacher says. doesn't matter what, what society says. The fact is, if you're, you're old enough, go out and do whatever you want. Live however you want. The outcome will be whatever you choose. And that's just the reality. Not one parent in this room can keep their kid from doing stupid things, sinning against God. Not one of us can force our kids to do right once they get to a certain place in their life. They can move out. They can go live their life. They can go drinking, carousing. They can do whatever they want. doesn't matter what mom and dad want at that point. And you want to know something? So can you. You make those decisions yourself. No one can tell you whether or not you're going to run this race well but you. And the apostle, he says to himself, he says, listen, he says here in verse 20, 26, he starts right off and says, I therefore so run. <laughs> Man, I'm running. I'm not walking. I'm not crawling. I'm going to run this race. It's what God wants for me. Not as uncertainly so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. I'm not like a boxer, shadow boxing baby. I'm making this thing land where it needs to land. I'm making it count for what it should count for. I'm not just wasting energy. I'm not just wasting time. I've got some purpose and I've got a reason for living and I'm going to serve God with it. Verse 27, he goes on to say, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection. Notice his response. I bring it under subjection, this body, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. He says, man, I bring this body into subjection. I bring it under myself. I don't want it to get away with what it wants to do. It wants to do the wrong things. It wants to go the wrong places. It wants to be involved in the wrong kind of activity. This flesh of mine is always in a constant upheaval. There's a constant battle between me and that new man in me. And I just want you to know I'm going to bring it under subjection. I don't want it to rule me. I want Christ to rule me. I want the Holy Ghost to rule me. He says, I don't want to be a castaway. I'll end up telling everybody else how they ought to live and then I mess up my whole life. And it counts for nothing in the end. We see the race, the reward, and the response. You know what? You and I, all of us have a race to run today. That real, the real crux, the, 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 the real, it, I guess, if I could describe it like this. Have you ever seen a, um, out on the ocean, you, you've seen a, um, let's see, the Titanic hit a what? Iceberg. Iceberg, thank you. It sounds like, looks like, no. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> the Titanic, it hit an iceberg. But wait a second. Have you ever seen an iceberg, really? I mean, the whole iceberg, only a little bit's at the top, above the water, and what, the rest of it's below, right? It's like huge, it's massive, it's monstrous underneath the water, but it's often very small at the top. Can I tell you the blessings of God, the real reward of serving the Christian life and being faithful and committed to Christ and yielded to His service, the real reward, the real crux of the matter, the real the real monstrous part of the reward is never seen in this life. You only see the top of it. You only see the, a piece of it. And that is good. And that keeps us going. And we're excited about that because God's so good to us. But hold on. There's so much more. So much more that we cannot see in this life. So much more that we'll only realize when we finally arrive on those shores one day. The blessings of God. And the Apostle Paul understands that. And he's so excited about that. And he says, every one of us, every one of us have the privilege and the opportunity to run this race and ultimately receive this reward. True riches, the true riches in this life are really not understood until we arrive over there. Man, you know the Apostle, he made up his mind. He was going to give his life 
wholeheartedly to Christ. And you know what? That's the decision we ought to make today. Same one. Every one of us has a race. That, what that really means is this, that God has a purpose and He has a plan for each and every one of us. I was telling the young people today, you could draw a big circle in here, okay? Well, I'll tell you what, let's just do this. Here's this room. Consider the whole room today. That's the will of God. For every single one of us, God's will is the exact same. We all fit in here. It's the same. Somebody says, oh, well, I don't believe that. Well, look, read your Bible, and you'll find that there are about seven things that are the will of God. Well, that means they're for all of us. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher. It doesn't matter if you're a layman. It doesn't matter what. Seven, at least seven things that are the will of God for your life and mine. So if we're going to be in the will of God, those seven things have to be in each of our lives. So here we are now, the will of God. All of us are in the will of God, I trust. We're fulfilling, obeying the will of God for our life. We're, we're, we're where we belong. Hold on. Within this will, look at all the different plans there are. Every one of you are in a different place in the will of God. Okay, you're in the will, but God specifically places you in a particular place in His will. You're all in a particular place in His will even in here, if, if this represents the will of God. Your, your place is not my place. My place is not your place. Everybody has a specific plan for their life within the will of God. And you know what? That's what the apostles trying to get across to us. We have a race to run. Your race may not be exactly my race. My race may not be exactly your race, but it is a race nonetheless, and you must run it in order to win. If you truly want the full blessing of God in your life, get in the will of God. You have to be in the will of God to know the plan of God, and then find that specific plan that God has for you who he wants you to witness to, where he wants you to work, what he wants you to do. All those things are part of the plan of God for your life. My, part of the plan of God for my life is to pastor Community Baptist Temple. But that won't be your plan yet. <laughs> Some of you might, maybe God will have you do that one day, I don't know. But, but not now, this is my, it's for me, it's my plan. For God, God has my, me. And blah, blah, blah. So you see what I'm saying. If I keep talking like that, I won't be a pastor much longer. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, this is God's plan for my life right now. And you have your plan, okay? And so it's important that we understand that. And you need to understand this. There are some people in this world that no one will ever be able to reach but you for the Lord. If you don't get involved, if you don't make sure that you're in the will of God, you don't find your place in the plan of God, then there's somebody that's going to miss God. You say, well, God will bring somebody else along. You can take that chance if you choose. <clears throat> but one day on the other shore, I want to hear him say, well done. If you're going to hear him say, well done, you have to run well. You have to run well. Finally, If you want to hear well done, not only must you begin, you know, start strong and run well, but you have to finish strong. I mean, we noted already, start right, excuse me, run well and finish strong now. Finish strong. Take your Bible, look over at 2 Timothy. Again, I, it's 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 5 through 8. Notice the Apostle Paul here. A very familiar passage, too. 
very familiar. Uh, many of you probably have heard it or read it or uh, been, you know, have a message preached to you from it. But let's take just a moment and kind of clear our minds and see what it says here. But 2 Timothy 4, verses 5 through 8. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. That verse, where's that fit in our whole deal? That's running well, isn't it? So now, we've got to run well. He's encouraging the people here, Timothy, his protege specifically, saying, Timothy, you've got to run well. Okay, you started right, now you've got to run well. Why is he giving that advice to Timothy? Notice as he continues, <clears throat> For I am now ready to be offered. Earlier in our passage, we read that the Apostle Paul was running a race. I mean, he was running full bore, buddy. He wanted nothing to get in his way. He wanted that crown, that incorruptible crown. But now, here in 2 Timothy, he's showing that he's in another place in his life. Not starting right, he did that a long time ago. Not running well now, he has done that. Because now, look what he says here. I wanted to make sure that I finished strong. For I am now ready to be offered, verse 6, and the time of my departure is at hand. <clears throat> I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Now, I want you to realize, <clears throat> verse 7, when he says, I have fought a good fight, he's not the judge of his own life. God is the judge of his life. Therefore, Paul cannot say, I have fought a good fight in the sense that I've done a great job. I commend myself, pat myself on the back. Boy, have I really done a bang-up job. That's not what the apostle's saying. Because he's not the judge. Christ is the judge. Who is it that's going to say, well done? Who is it that's going to say, thou slothful, wicked servant? That's the Lord Jesus. He will judge us for our, our race, not us. So what Paul's really saying then is he's saying, I fought a good fight. I fought a fight worth fighting for. I didn't waste my time fighting battles that serve no eternal purpose. I did not spend my time trying to change a culture, a society, a world that was going to hell. I tried to change people one soul at a time, one, one piece at a time. I tried to make an impact and a difference in the eternal lives of people, not just the temporal lives. I could have spent time just trying to make sure everybody was fed and clothed in the world. But I wanted to make sure that they had Christ as their coat of armor. I wanted to make sure that they were on their way to heaven. And if I could be a blessing in my way of feeding and clothing and doing those things, that was good too. But I was more concerned about the future, about eternity than was anything else. I fought a good fight. I made sure I didn't waste my time in areas that served no eternal purpose. Now listen, I'm all for we try to provide food for folks that are struggling. If we can be a help and a blessing to them, the best we can. We have limited resources here. We're not in a position to pay bills, do things like that. I'm sorry, we just can't do that. We don't have the finances for it. One day, maybe down the road, we'll have more opportunity and more ability to do so, and I hope we can. Have a, but it, have to be, it has to be very structured. It has to be very outlined. It has to be very uh, consistent with everyone, everything. But the fact is we try to help people in these areas. We try to be a blessing as Christians. I know you, maybe you take food to someone's house. You take shoes to someone's house. You, you buy somebody clothes. Maybe you notice that they're in need of something. Praise the Lord for that. You don't ask any kind of reward for that. You just drop it off. You leave it at the door. Sometimes they don't even know you gave it to them. But that's the way it works. When I understand that, 
And that's good. Please, let me tell you, I, don't, I, don't re- I wish more people were more concerned about the needs of others. But if all you would ever do in your life is meet physical needs in the lives of others and never share the eternal solution, Jesus Christ, you're going to find that at the judgment, you missed the real, the real focus that Christ had for the world. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He wants you to be concerned about the souls of men and women. He wants me to be concerned about the souls of men and women. Paul was concerned about the future, eternal destination of all men and women that he came in contact with. He fought a good fight. He finished his course. Not my course, his course. Not your course, his course. And he kept the faith. Boy, could... God help us to be able to say the same thing in the end of our journey. He goes on to say, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. There's that reward again. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not only to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Wow. You know, when I was in Germany, um, I was stationed in Germany in the military, and uh, every year we had to run a two-mile run to, to continue to, like, qualify uh, physical PT stuff, you know, our, our training and stuff like that. And they just want to make sure you could still run two miles, you know. And so, um, I, you know, we, we ran in a place called the Dusendijks. You may have seen pictures of it uh, years ago. Maybe you've seen a picture of, 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 of Hitler, Adolf Hitler, along with all of his, his uh, generals and stuff and the troops walking across in a line, you know, and all that. And, 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 and they, you know, and all that stuff. Guess what? That's the Dusendijks. That, that, that was filmed where I would run every, every week. I, I, was, I was down to Dusendijks all the time. I got to see history. It was amazing. Now, we had run there. Now, those places are really big, okay? It was a really big place. And so there's plenty of place to run. Two-mile run, no problem. All of us would go down there in my unit. And then they, 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 they'd take this line. They'd, they'd do a chalk line on the ground. And then somebody would take a clock in their hand, you know, and and somebody a gun, and they'd go, all right, guys, get ready now. You ready? This is a two-mile run. Realize you have to run it in so many, you know, blah, blah, blah. you got to finish it and all that. Shoot the gun. Everybody takes off running, you know, heading on down there for the two-mile run. Okay, so I had to do that. Now, I, you know, I, I, I probably wasn't in the best shape of my life in Germany, but I was in pretty good shape, and, and, and I wanted to do a good job, and, and I wanted to make sure that I ran well, and so I started, started right. You know, I made sure that I was right on the line, and, and I didn't uh, kind of scooch some guys over, try to get the right spot, you know. And, uh, and as soon as that went off, I took off running, man. I wanted to get out front. I didn't want to get behind guys. You know, you got to understand some of them guys are pretty nasty. They don't shower and stuff. And so you want to get in front of them, not behind them. And so I was out front, you know, and trying to get out there, you know, until things spread out a little bit. And so I started, started right. And I wanted to run well. I, I ran and I tried to, I was one of those guys that believed, you know, don't, don't be so fast in the beginning that you can't, you know, continue. So I, I wanted to go to good, consistent pace. And so I'd run a consistent pace. <sighs> Breathing through my nose, exhaling through my mouth, doing just like you're supposed to. And here's what I found during the course of the race. Uh, there were some guys, as I go, they took off running. I mean, as soon as it started, I mean... They took off like a, I mean, bolted out of there, bolted out of there. And I'm like, man, look at them go. 
I just kept up going. I was like the tortoise in the hare thing, you know. I was the tortoise. And I just kept going. Next thing I know, it's funny. It's funny to me. They started, right, boy, they got started good. But you know what was going on? They weren't running too well. Some of them I noticed they were walking. And I'd go, ride on by them. Ride on by them. And then I'd run into some other guys. They're over there going, I'm like, well, you got a cigarette? Come pull out their cigarettes. Whew. Smoking cigarettes on the journey. I'm not joking. These guys are running a two-mile race and they're smoking cigarettes. Mostly motor pool guys. Okay, maybe there's a few communication guys. I don't know. But anyway, so, so here they are. I mean, we're supposed to be running well. I'm not running too well. Not running too well. I just kept on going. Started right. Running well. And as I started coming to the end, I, I knew we were getting close. Someone said, I think we're about a quarter mile out. I could look down a little bit, and as I turned one of the corners, I could see way down the other end. That, that was where the finish line was. What do you think I started doing? I started getting faster. Faster. You got to understand, they used to call me Flash Gordon. <laughs> More like a flash in the pan. But nonetheless, I, I, I was running. I mean, and I was just getting faster and faster. <laughs> I was breathing really hard by then, right? But I was going to finish strong. I started right. I ran well. I finished strong. You say, did you win? No. Didn't even come close. But I ran my race. I ran my race. I did what I could do. Some of them guys were athletes. I wasn't that kind of athlete. Some of the guys could run. I'm not really a runner. But I did have a race to run. I started right. I ran well. And I finished strong. Some of them guys, I'm not joking. I watched a couple of them literally crawl across the finish line. Crawl. They were defending our country. Scary, huh? No, but anyway. They, 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 they got theirs too by the end. Before it was over, they had to run that again, and they learned you better stay in shape a little bit. <laughs> they, they put it on them after that. But nonetheless, I watched things. I couldn't believe how they were finished in that race. Amazing. But you know what? It doesn't matter how they finished. All that matters was how I finished. And all that matters is how you finish. How, are you going to start right? You're going to run well? You're going to finish strong in this Christian life? Are you going to allow the devil to distract you? To get you sidetracked? To keep you from really running the race that God intends for you? You may have started right, and I trust you have. If you haven't, you need to get saved today before you leave here. But you've got to run well. If you want to hear well done, you've got to run well. And you have to finish strong. The apostle said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. What do you think the Apostle Paul will hear when he reaches heaven or when he reached heaven? Do you think he heard the Master say, well done? I do. You know, what do you think about Stephen? Life short-lived, that poor Stephen. Worst Christian martyr. Here he is. I mean, just serving the Lord, preaching the gospel. 
telling people about the Lord there, but those rocks, they landed him in glory. He was stoned to death. What, what do you think he'll hear from the master? Well, you know, you should have been a little bit more careful with the gospel. You should, you should have known that they were not very happy about the gospel and kept your mouth shut for your life. You could have lived a lot longer and served me a lot longer. Uh, you know, I think he ran pretty well. Amen. And he finished strong, that's for sure. And I've got to believe he heard, well done. And we'll hear that. What, what about the Lord Jesus? I mean, think about him, how, how, he, how he started, how he ran, and how he finished. Man, the Lord Jesus, boy, didn't he finish strong? Finish strong. He could have said, you know what? I don't want to hang on the cross. I don't want to drink that cup. But he didn't. He finished strong. If we're going to hear well done, we've got to finish strong. We've got to start right. We've got to run well. We have to finish strong.